Probably one of the most difficult things to understand in Christianity is the idea of the Trinity of God. In fact, throughout history, Christians have often been accused of being polytheistic, which means serving many gods, because we talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But it's not three different gods that we serve. We claim one God, and that can be really confusing to understand. And so today I want to begin talking about this idea of the Trinity and helping those of you out there who have been confused by this subject to maybe understand it a little bit, and particularly to understand which role each part of the Trinity plays. Because it's important to distinguish, first of all, that each piece of the Trinity of God is not a separate entity. They are all God, and rather than it being three separate entities, it's more like three different roles that are performed by the same entity. So it's like one person being able to do three different tasks and be in three different places at the same time, but it's the same person doing all three things. That's more like how it works, as though God is just switching between hats that he has to wear, but instead of um, only being able to wear one hat at a time, he wears all three at the same time. That's essentially what the Trinity is. It's not three separate entities, but rather three uh, different roles that God performs. And so I'm going to break down what each... Uh, which each role consists of, and how each part of the Trinity of God uh, plays that role. But it's all just one God doing all of these things. And so since it is Father's Day today, I decided that, you know, it would be fitting to talk about the role that the Father plays first. And the Father is that first part of the Trinity. So let's look at some of the things that the Father does in scripture in order to in order for us to understand and see what role it is that the father plays let's begin with the start of scripture the very start of the bible the first verse of the first chapter of the first book of the bible genesis chapter 1 verse 1 that says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and this is a verse that I've grown up with, I've lived with my entire life. And because of that, I sometimes forget how powerful of a verse that is. And I think many believers sometimes lose the awe and wonder that should come from that, uh, from that truth of God creating the heavens and the earth. Because before God did that, there was nothing and it's really hard for us to think of nothing. If we try to think of nothing, we usually just think of, of darkness. But even then, like no, no light, no sound, no concepts, no, no mind to think any thoughts, absolutely nothing. And it was out of this nothingness that God spoke all of existence into being, that he created the earth and the stars. He created the plants and the animals. He created daytime, nighttime. Everything that exists created by God. 
taking nothing that existed and not only bringing it into being, but bringing it into being in a way that has order and consistency. That the universe is governed by all of these different laws that are consistent across the board. That's part of the role that the Father plays. The Father's role is to provide order into things. God created order when he created different days and nights that a full cycle would be 24 hours. And that the earth then revolving around the sun would give us different seasons because of the tilt of the earth. All of these different things that were so intricately placed that applies to all people. It's an order that was created by God. And it's that order that allows us to even have phrases like can and can't. That I can do something or I can't do something. For instance, stars can't give birth to human babies. That's a nonsensical idea. It doesn't make any sense. It's not something that can happen. It's impossible. The only reason we can even say a phrase like this is possible or this is not possible is because we live in a world that is given order through the creation that the Father gave it. And it, it really reminds me of, you know, we just finished this series on Job. And when God finally speaks to Job and he talks about, you know, who are you to question me? Where were you when the foundations of the earth were laid? And when you think about how not just the earth, but all of the universe was created, it truly was created on the foundation of God. Because God himself, there's, there's a, cer a certain amount of order to the Father. He cannot sin. Because to sin means to go against God's will, and we'll get a little bit more into that. But it's impossible for God to act counter to his will. That is something that is always true. And with truth comes that kind of order that lays the foundation, that essence of the way the Father is, of having that order inside of him, is what came out through creation and governs our world today. And I know that's a really big concept, but it all comes from the Father. It's just like how you need a foundation to build a house upon. Otherwise, you, you'll build the walls and put the roof on it, but as soon as the first big rain comes, it's going to soften the ground, and the house, if it doesn't have that foundation, will quickly fall apart. And so you need a foundation to set a house upon and build it within that foundation so that the house can stand. God became that foundation for the universe. That he put the laws of the universe in order when he spoke it into creation. Because before he spoke things into creation, there were no laws of the universe. There was no universe. All of that came from God. He placed things into order. He became the foundation for which all life came.
That's what he does. And there's a certain comfort that we can take from that by serving a God who in this role of the Father provides order for our life. And and that's the same role that is passed on to fathers in any kind of household. That fathers are there to provide an order for the family to be able to govern themselves in. I am so thankful that I grew up in a family and that was established, uh, you know, with my parents. And within that family, I never had to worry about uh, any of my siblings going off and finding another family. None of my siblings had to worry about me going off and finding another family. Could you imagine if I did that? If maybe I just got tired of my family one day, and so I decided to join my best friend's family instead. Well, eventually, there would be something in that family I didn't like, and I'd go on to another family. And on and on and on it goes, and my life would have no stability in it. And even if I was then worried, maybe I decided that I wanted to keep my family, and so I was going to stay there, but I didn't know if my siblings would feel the same way. And maybe they might leave me and join some other family. Could you imagine the kind of insecurity I would have about us? But I wouldn't have to worry about that because there were things in that family structure which I could and could not do. And one of the things I could not do was simply pick a new family. And thankfully, that wasn't something that only applied to me. That applied to everyone in my family. So then I didn't have to worry about them. That rule was consistent. This was our family. And there was nothing that could change that. It was simply the order of things. And there are, you know, different things that fathers will put into order in particular households that are consistent and apply across the board to each and every child, each and every person living there. And when you have those kind of orders set in place, it provides a certain kind of stability so that you're not always worried about waking up one morning and having everything be gone that everything will be completely different. Because it's not just a pattern that things follow, it is an order that is set in place. And that's something that the Father has provided for all of us. He's given us a world, a universe, a life of order, so that we don't have to worry about it all disappearing or all changing at a moment's notice. There are things that will remain consistent, and with that, we receive a certain sense of stability. Stability from the Father's order that is seen simply in Him creating the universe with the same kind of order and rules that was in His very nature. I know it's, it's hard to wrap your head around, But what a wonderful theme that is. Let's look at another theme that the Father did in Scripture. One that is familiar to, I would say, just about everyone um, in our country. Uh, Even if they aren't Christians, even if they haven't grown up in a Christian household, most everyone is at least familiar with the Ten Commandments. 
And the Ten Commandments were given to Moses in Exodus. And it's what people often refer to as the lists of do's and don'ts, right? Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. All of those things uh, that the Israelites were not supposed to do, um, that God gave them, God gave them those commandments to help govern their lives. And even just in that act of, of God giving those commandments to the Israelites, we see another attribute of God. Because at that time, it wasn't just what you can do and what you can't do. The Father was then providing a new phrase, which is should and shouldn't. What should you do and what shouldn't you do? And of course, the Ten Commandments isn't the first time that this idea of morality appears. It existed, you know, before that. It existed at the start of creation where um, God gave Adam and Eve the garden and said, don't eat from this tree, right? Even just from there, there was this should and shouldn't idea. So in both the case of the Garden of Eden as well as the Ten Commandments, what you see here is the Father teaching his people morality, the concepts of right and wrong, good and evil, what we should do and what we should not do. And there's a certain kind of, of meaning and direction that we take from that, that when you take that away, life is reduced down to almost no life at all. Where it's not just, well, you can do that or you can't do that, but should you do this or should you not? It's a sense of morality. And that morality, again, comes from the Father. Because if you remove God from that equation, then any kind of morality uh, has no substance. It has no foundation, and it becomes whatever people think at the time. But morality wasn't designed to work that way. It was designed to be embedded in this foundation of the Father, who then says, this is what my will is, and you should do what is according to my will you should not do what is not according to my will. But if you took that away, then every single action would become meaningless. It would have no direction. Could you imagine playing a board game? Let's say you got a board game and you got it out, and I think I may have used this illustration once before, but I like it and it, it's, it fits this point really well. But you get the board game and you get it out, but there are no instructions for it. There's no rules on how to play. There's no even uh, method for winning the game. It's just a board and a bunch of pieces. You would have a really hard time convincing anyone to play that game, especially for any amount of time. Because all of it would be pointless. It'd have no meaning. You'd have no direction. Well, what's the point of playing it at all? 
God didn't desire for his creation to simply exist. He desired for his creation to live in harmony with him and to have communion with God. And so he gives us this morality that comes from him, that is based upon his will, to give us a direction in life. And again, this is another thing that we can see uh, just in a family household where a father provides morality for his children that gives them a sense of where to go and what they should be doing. I remember my dad was a, a, a very hard worker, and he was almost often, you know, almost every day doing some kind of work outside in the, in the yard, cleaning things up, making things look nice. He was always working hard. And I remember for many years of my life, I was in a difficult position because I would see my dad working so hard, but not really know what to do or how much I should do uh, to help him or not help him. And me and my siblings were very content most of the time to just, um, you know, sit and play games as most kids are. But we didn't want to make him upset, but we didn't really know what to do, what we could do, and how much we should do. So I was one of those weird kids that when my, my, when my family finally came out with a chore chart for chores for us children to do throughout the week, and I think we had a different chore every day that we were supposed to do, when we first implemented that, I was actually happy to have a chore chart because what it did was it provided me a direction on what I should do, that I could have my chore to accomplish. I would know what was desired of me. I would know how much was desired of me, and it would give me a way of helping my dad that I saw working so hard. And I know for many people that have grown up with chore charts their whole life, it was more of a relief when you finally got rid of that chore chart. But for me, it was kind of the opposite because I saw that when I didn't have it, I was so lost on what to do, especially when it came to helping my dad. But when, when we implemented that chore chart, it was such a relief for me because I finally had a direction on knowing what to do and how much to do. And that's something that we receive from the Father as well, where God says, this is what I desire from you. And this is what I long for you to avoid. This is according to my will. This is not according to my will. And just that sense of morality as a whole can provide us with a direction in our life on how to live our life, how to walk through our days in this world. That is something that comes from the Father. So the Father provides order that gives us stability, and the Father teaches morality that gives us a direction to take our life. And there's one more thing I want to talk about today that the Father's role consists of, 
And we see it in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. This is in the future, um, something that hasn't happened yet. And this is John the Apostle talking here. He says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, talking about God. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. This passage of scripture is talking about the final judgment of all mankind. And this is another role that the Father plays, which, to, which is to enforce justice in the world. And I've done a whole sermon on what God's justice is and, and what it means and how it works. But this is the final result of that justice. That those who rejected God were thrown into the lake of fire. And those who received the forgiveness of their sin that came from Jesus Christ and had their names written in the book of life did not have to suffer that fate. It's the final result. And although the uh, other parts that the Father's role has given to us have included order and uh, morality that gives us stability and direction, the justice of God is what gives us a purpose. And it's really from here that we have phrases like, why and why not? Because if you didn't have this purpose, you didn't have the why or why not, then you could still know good and evil, you could still know right and wrong, but what difference would it make, you could ask? Why don't I just choose whichever side I prefer? I can either live according to God's will or I can not live according to God's will. And what's the difference? Why does it matter? Why should I or why should I not? Not just you should and you shouldn't, but why should I and why should I not? And the reason those questions exist, the answer to those questions are found here in the justice of God. And the justice isn't just about the punishment either. It's also about the reward. And that can sometimes be the driving purpose. Could you imagine going on a treasure hunt and you get all the clues and, and you work through it and you finally get to the end of the hunt to find no treasure at all? You wouldn't be very thrilled about that, would you? You would want to... Uh, be able to find it and, and, you know, receive something for all of your hard work. That's the whole point of the treasure hunt, to get to the treasure. And sure, it's just the treasure hunt itself that gives you the direction. 
But why are you doing it? You're doing it to receive the treasure. And that's something that God's justice does give us. That when we walk according to his will, when we have repentance, that God blesses us and he gives us the free gift of eternal life. But also when we don't. When we reject God, reject his will for our life. That that punishment then comes. And for those of us who are believers, we need to remember that there are both sides of this coin of God's justice. There's the blessings that he wants to give those who serve him. And there's the punishment that awaits those who reject him. And that can be a driving force for us, for us as well. Not just that we're trying to avoid the punishment in our own life, but that we are trying to save that punishment from other people. Again, this is a role that a father can give. By governing his home with justice to give people purpose in their life. A memory I don't think I'll ever forget was when I was coming home, and I was, I was a child during this time, and we had just gone grocery shopping. And when we got home, well, the whole drive back home, I remembered that there was a show on that I wanted to watch. And we were getting home a little late, and the show I wanted to watch had already started. So as soon as we parked, I had jumped out of the car and ran straight inside to watch the show because I was already missing some of it. And my father, rightfully so, came in and scolded me for not helping take the groceries inside. And I'll always remember something he said during that time, because he said, you know, you left all of the groceries there for us to have to take care of. And I've he'd probably said things like that to me before, but for some reason it really stuck with me that time that me, because of my impatience and selfishness, got there. And I didn't think about anyone else but me and what I wanted. And by doing so, I had placed a burden on the rest of my family. And I never wanted to do that again. I never wanted them to have to, to have to deal with something that was my mistake. And we as believers, we've been given the gift of the knowledge of the gospel that is for all people and can save, is the only way to save people from the punishment of their sin. And knowing that, knowing the justice that God has put into place, the justice that the Father, in his essence, has to uphold in order for there to be continued order and morality. The purpose that we can receive from that then 
not just to seek blessings for ourselves, but to save those from the punishment that awaits them. Many people struggle in life because they don't have purpose. They can't seem to find purpose. And God has given us this purpose, to go into the world and share the gospel. These are all things we receive from the Father. We receive stability from his order, we receive direction from his morality, and we receive purpose from his justice. And I think sometimes it's difficult for us to remember just how necessary the role of the Father is. That God the Father has set all of this up in place and maintains it for us. And it's something that's so easy to take for granted. But just try to imagine if it was all taken away. I remember when I first left my home and I went to college. And the time that I spent in college and the time I've spent in uh, just the workforce and getting to know people outside of college... But especially when I first went to college, I remembered it was such an eye-opener because there were things that I had grown up with that I had taken for granted. Things that I thought were the standard and just kind of the usual, um, usual way things were for people that I realized wasn't the case. I realized that not everyone grew up with two parents in the home. Not everyone had a dad who worked hard to provide for his family or a mom that was there to take care of them through all the ups and downs. Not everyone grew up reading scripture and having the principles of godly life in them. No one grew, not everyone grew up with in-laws that got along well with one another. All of these different things that I thought was standard, that after I left the home and realized that not everyone grew up with that, I realized how blessed I was to have that because I saw how destructive it was if that was taken away. And each and every person grows up with these gifts that the Father gives us of order and morality and justice. But could you imagine if those things were taken away? if there was absolutely no justice, positive or negative, in our world, if there was no morality, there was no thing that was, there was nothing that was off limits. There was nothing that people should do or not something that people shouldn't do. It was just all meaningless. And could you imagine living in a world with no order, no governing laws to the universe? and the chaos that would come from that. So these are things that we've all gotten used to because we can't even imagine how terrible and destructive it would be if that was removed. And because of that, we should always have honor and reference for the role of the Father because the order and morality and justice 
found in the essence of the Father really is the foundation for all life. And I am so thankful that we serve a God who, through this role of the Father, gives those things to us. And we should always remember that. So in the next coming weeks, I'll talk about the other parts of the Trinity, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the roles that God plays through the Son and the Spirit. But until then, this has been another Sermon in the Pocket. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this. If you have any comments or questions about this, uh, I encourage you to contact me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page or by emailing me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to share this uh, with other people so that the message can get out there. And if you are interested in supporting me, you can do so through uh, the Sermon in the Pocket Patreon and pledge of support there. But regardless of that, uh, I pray that this has been meaningful to you. And I also pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you.